Welcome to Classic Comedy of Old Time Radio. I'm your host, Ron Ecklebarger. Here we go with another Bob Hope show. Actually, two Bob Hope shows. <laughs> this episode is half episode number 534, which originally aired on May 13th, 1952, and half episode number 540, which originally aired on June 24th, 1952. This was done by AFARTS for some reason. Now, those of you who have been listening for a while know that AFARTS is an acronym that stands for Armed Forces Radio and Television Services. What they would do is they would take the commercials out of popular radio shows and then rebroadcast these shows for our service personnel all around the world. Well, for some reason, and they did this on other shows too, and they've I've come across several times where they've done this, but they paced together a couple of shows and then aired them. Why they did this, I don't know, but this is all that we have from those two shows. So here now is Bob Hope with his special guest, Dorothy L'Amour. <laughs> Hope Show. And now, here is Bob Hope. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yes, sir. It's always a pleasure to be back in town and do a show for you folks. Hollywood audiences are so fast. No kidding. One almost caught me yesterday. <laughs> I do so few shows here, I had trouble getting in the NBC tonight at the artist's entrance. I said to the man on the door, but don't you recognize me? Look at my nose. And he said, if you can't fight, why do you get into arguments? <laughs> but an exciting news item right now, which you can now buy almost anything with just a small down payment. It'll mean more TV sets. Of course, Hollywood already has a terrific number of television sets. In fact, we have so many antennas that the smog is coming in shredded. <laughs> There's so many TV antennas in California that they're interfering with the birds. This year, the only way the swallows could get back to Capistrano was to join the automobile club. <laughs> Television is now America's favorite indoor sport. I think the very last word in television is in the kitchen. They have it, you know. It's a combination television set and garbage disposal. <laughs> if you don't like the programs, you press a button and start grinding ham bones. <laughs> My shills are back there. <laughs> but you know, television programs up. But you know, television programs also have an effect on the education of children. There's a whole generation of education of children. There's a whole generation of kids that'll grow up believing that Washington crossed the Delaware because he needed another box of Ajax, the foaming cleanser. <laughs> of course, when I was a kid, we didn't have television. The only wrestling we saw was when we hid behind the couch. <laughs> They've already tried teaching on TV as an experiment, but it didn't work out. When one little boy came to school the next day, the teacher said, What did you learn, Tommy? And he bowed and kissed her hand and gave her a lit cigarette. <laughs> and the latest medical... 
And the latest medical sensation is surgery on television. Imagine having your appendix out then seeing it a year later. <laughs> and you know how people always say, let me show you my operation. Now they get a channel and bring it right into your living room. <laughs> Just as the surgeon prepared to remove the liver, the patient sat up and said, but doctor, it's my tonsils. And the doctor said, I know, but I'm trying to get a sponsor. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, these are busy days in Hollywood. Among other productions, a Crosby Lamour Hope picture is in preparation. Right now, it's early morning on the lot, and Bob is in his dressing room waiting for his makeup man. Oh, boy. Just getting up at six in the morning is murder. I was better off back in Cleveland. Now I got to sleep until seven. Of course, I was working in a butcher shop. I had to get there before anybody else and change the lamb chops from their pajamas into their panties. Oh, well, it's a living. Come in. Morning, Mr. Hope. Oh, good morning, Fred. If you'll sit in your chair, Mr. Hope, I'll start putting on your makeup. Okay. My, you're certainly cheerful this morning. Well, I like to work on your face. Why? It's such a challenge. <laughs> What do you mean? Acres and acres of flab and it's all mine. <laughs> you read that line so nice, don't you? All right, Fred, just do it, huh? Well, you, you can't blame me for being excited. Working on you is one job where I feel like a witch doctor. Here I am with my little makeup kid struggling to undo something Mother Nature did in a nasty mood. <laughs> Fred, let's not do a whole bit here. Just smear, smear. Huh? Very, well. Very well. First, let's get this cold cream on your neck. Whoops! What's the matter? I got my finger caught in a wrinkle. <laughs> now we'll just let that set for a minute, and while we're waiting, I'll just pluck your eyebrows. Okay, take it easy, though. Oh, this won't hurt a bit. Here we go. One. Here's another one. Ooh, here's a doozer. This is a stubborn little one. I got it. Oh, swell. If I ever need an extra eye, now there's a hole for it. Well, let's see now. I think we're ready for the makeup now. Well, I want to talk to you about that, Fred. What was that stuff you put on my face yesterday? Oh, well, that's something new. And I know it's going to be wonderful for your face. Why? It's the same stuff they're using to pave the Hollywood freeway. <laughs> Look, Fred, let's get this thing over with, huh? All right, all right. I'll just put some of this powder on you. Put this towel around your head, and we'll just put this chin strap under your face. There. Anybody here? Oh, hello, Fred. Oh, hello, Miss Lamour. Hey, Dottie, come on over here. Who is it? Who is it? Don't you recognize me? <laughs> no, no, it's me, Dottie. Where do I get this stuff off? Oh, that's better. You all set to go to work? Uh-huh. Gee, Bob, it's just like old times doing a road picture with you and Bing. Yeah, remember the first one? Boy, was I green. I kept messing up one scene, and I had to kiss you 500 times. <laughs> yeah, then I turned green. 
loved every minute of it. Well, I must admit that I've kissed a lot of leading men in pictures, but there's something about your lips that's different. My tailor pads them for me. <laughs> I've got the only tweed pucker in town. You know, Bob, you've matured. You're really working hard on this picture. Well, that's because of my new... I was working on my tweed pucker. Did you like that? I have a tweed pucker and a plaid head. Well, well, that's because of my new financial deal with Paramount. It's just wonderful. Really? Yes, rather than working on a straight salary, I'm paid on a cost-plus deferment basis, which is figured on a fiduciary arrangement over $1 million with the exhibitors cut east of the Rockies, which is included in the general corporation setup. Oh, what does that come to? About $25 a week. <laughs> Why don't you go to the unemployment office and cut out the middleman? You know, Dottie, I'm glad you stopped by. There's something I want to talk to you about. What's that? Well, how shall I start? Well, let me put it this way. You, Bing, and I are making a picture. Now, let's evaluate the three of us. All right. Now, you're attractive, a good actress, and as for me, my looks and my acting ability, well, <laughs> gee, I, I hate to say it. But you will. <laughs> well, I like to be honest. Bob, what are you driving at? Well, it's about Bing. Well, what about him? Well, Dottie, you know how it is in Hollywood. Some actors fade away, some disappear, some aren't as strong as they used to be. With, with Bing, it's different. Different? Yes, with him, rigor mortis is set in. <laughs> oh, stop exaggerating. Who's exaggerating? After we finish the scene, they put him back in the icebox so he won't fall apart. <laughs> be silly. Bing's still wonderful. Of course he is, but when you stack him up against us, I mean, why should he injure our brilliant careers? I don't understand. Well, after our last road picture, Paramount got a letter that said, Hope and Lamour were fine, but why did they need their grandmother in the picture? Bob, are you sure that's what the letter said? Well, I ought to be able to read my own writing. protect this picture. Oh, Bob. Really, whenever we're shooting a scene, we got to hide Bing from the camera. How can we do that? Well, you could stand in front of him. I will not. All right, then I'll stand in front of him. That'll hide everybody. <laughs> Bob, I'm really surprised at you. After all, you and Bing have been friends for a long time. Oh, please. And he's done a lot for you. Old hydromatic hips? <laughs> what did he ever do for me? Lots of things. Why, when you first came to Hollywood, you didn't know anybody. You... You couldn't get work. You were sick. That's true. I almost froze to death posing for a calendar. <laughs> you were alone, friendless. You were like a little bird. And Crosby took you under his wing. Well, that was nice, but he tried to sit on me and hatch me. <laughs> Bob, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Dreaming up a little plot like this. Well, maybe you're right. It wasn't fair of me to think only of us. I take it all back. I wouldn't really do anything to hurt Bing anyway. Well, that's better. Hello? Yeah, this is Bob Hope. It's the production department, Dottie. Oh? What? He did? Why, well, he can't do that. Oh, he did, huh? Well, he hasn't heard the last of this. Bob, what's the matter? Crosby called to say he won't be in today. There'll be no shooting. Why? He's going to play golf instead. Why, the nerve of that monster. You ever see him play golf? It takes him all day just to play nine holes. Every time he takes a step, he trips over his hearing aid. Gee, 
might have given us a little notice. Well, that's the way he does things. He doesn't tell anybody. That's the way he foreclosed the mortgage on my house. <laughs> Ooh, I'll fix him for this. I'll get somebody to replace him and have Paramount throw him out of the picture. Who are you going to get to replace him? Oh, I'll get somebody. When I get through, he'd be sorry he did this. <laughs> be right back where he started from, on a milk truck. You mean... You mean Bing drove a milk truck? No, he pulled it. Here, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like you to meet a gal we've had the pleasure of working with several times this season. And here she is with Be Anything, Miss Peggy Lee. Be a beggar, be a thief, be my sunshine or my grief, be anything but darling, be mine. Thank you, Bob, for that lovely introduction. Yeah? Well, there's something I'd like to add. What's that? Oh. <laughs> Last may we have a big fanfare, please? <laughs> Les, that was a fanfare? It was more like my paycheck after they take out the withholding tax. 
We were just going to do a few scenes from our earlier shows this year. For instance, down in Corpus Christi, Texas, we did a show for the boys at the Naval Air Station, and I played the part of a cruel, vicious sea captain. Steady as she goes, helmsman, and look sharp. Captain Bly is headed toward the bridge. Mr. Christian? Aye, aye, sir. Mr. Christian. Heave ho your topside, mizzen up your spinnaker, jib your boom, and lay your forecastle. What does that mean, sir? I don't know. I'm mad with power. <laughs> are you taking over, Captain? Indeed, Mr. Christian. Bring me up to date. What progress have we made since this good ship left home? Well, I have the log right here, sir. The first day we traveled six inches. The second day, a foot and a half. The third day, two feet. Not very good, is it? No, sir. Well, we'll go a lot faster once we get to the water. <laughs> Mr. Christian, I run me ship as I please. Sir, I'm duty-bound to tell you that I consider you the cruelest, most vicious, black-hearted, sadistic monster on the seven seas. Thank you. <laughs> Mr. Christian, what's this? The men are approaching the bridge. They have weapons. It's mutiny, sir. I warned you. Now your time has come. No, no. You may have your choice, Captain Bly. Hang by a rope from a yard arm or be cast adrift in a dinghy. No, no, not that. I don't know a thingy about a dinghy. <laughs> Very well, then. It's the rope. And here it is. Just a moment. I'm not afraid to die. But grant me one request so that I may die as an Englishman and a gentleman. What is your request? When you put that rope around my neck... Yes? Please tie a Windsor knot. <laughs> and there's some months ago we were at Camp Pendleton for the men of the Marines. We did a cute little sketch with a Scottish background. I... Isn't it wonderful out here? Oh, I, 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 I. <laughs> it's a brabrich moonlich nicht to nicht. It's fun to say, and the dew is good for the heather, you know. <laughs> Look, Giddy, I got a surprise for you. I brought you some candy. Oh, Hector, you're too good to me. Here it is. Thank you. I've never seen candy exactly like this before. Stop it. You're winding it up. What kind is it? Oh, that are called lifesavers. <laughs> I'll bring you another one from the package tomorrow night. Ah, <laughs> oh, Annie, it's nice to be with you. Someday, when I'm a famous musician, we'll get married. Daughter, where are you? Oh, his father. He better not find me here with you. Where are you, daughter? I'm over here in the right field, Father, trying to track down one of our lost sheep. Bah. <laughs> well, he shouldn't be hard to find. I see some footprints here. It's the only sheep in the field wearing army shoes. <laughs> ah, I thought so. Who is this bum? No, Father. I'm not a bum. I'm a... <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very accomplished musician, and someday I'll be very rich. Bye. 
I will. I just finished writing a wonderful song, and your daughter was the inspiration for it. I'll sing it to you. Listen. If a body meets a body, coming through the rye. If a body miss a body, need a body. Didn't miss that body, did I? <laughs> I can remember another show we did. It was a Los Alamitas. And we did our version of the great motion picture, Death of a Salesman. My name is Willie Lohman. I'm a salesman. Been a salesman for almost 40 years. I've sold everything in my time, but right now I'm selling garbage disposal units. And I'm good at it. The president of the company said I had the best head for garbage disposal he ever saw. <laughs> but don't get the wrong idea. It ain't no fun being a salesman. All day long you stick your foot in the door and people slam it on you. Happened to me so many times I don't wear shoes, I wear door stops. <laughs> yeah, selling's my life, but I got a funny feeling something's gonna happen. The boss of the company has called me into his office. Sit down, will you? Yes, sir. Willie, you've been with this company for 40 years. That's right, sir. Willie, it's a feeling up in the front office that you're slipping. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> How about your last trip? You were in Wyoming, supposed to be selling swivel chairs. Well, it's hard to sell swivel chairs out in the cow country. I got a cow to sit down on one, but her aim was bad and she missed the bucket. Trying to tell me I'm through? Afraid so, Willie. I'm going to have to give you your notice. Oh, but you can't do this to me. I got a wife and family. I need the money. I'll do anything. I don't have to be a salesman. I'll be your office boy. I'll scrub the floors. We have an old woman for that. Let me scrub the old woman. <laughs> I'm sorry, Willie. We can't carry you. You're fired. That's gratitude. Forty years with a company. Forty years of being a traveling salesman. I should have got that other job when I had the chance. What other job? Being a farmer's daughter. <laughs> Could you be a farmer's daughter? You're not a girl. What do them farmers know? <laughs> they only feed the whole world and elect presidents. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's the number called Wing Day, and I've asked Miss Peggy Lee to join me here tonight to do it. Go. <laughs> Stranger, anything I can do for you? Yeah, scratch my back. Is that all? No, one other little thing. Let's get a little life in this joint. Okay, stranger, if that's the way you want it. Hold it, Jeff. Sam, bring out the dancing girl. I'm shouting, I'm singing. Tonight I'll do some flinging. I'm laughing, I'm humming, because I know what's coming. Things have been too slow, and now we'll make them go. What a night for a wing ding. My baby's more than willing to make the evening thrilling. Things are right for a wing ding, and I can tell you you. 
got the maid I'm dating, waiting patiently. Because tonight is my night to have a wing There'll be real fine doings tonight I got the maid I'm dating, waiting patiently Anything I can do for you? Yeah. Scratch my back. <laughs> the Bob Hope Show is brought to you through the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. Mary Leda Dorothy Slayton was born in 1914. Her parents divorced when she was young, and her mother remarried a man with the last name of Lambour. This is where she got her stage name of Lamour after removing the letter B from her stepdad's name. After her stepfather left, Dorothy quit school at 14 to become a secretary and support her mother. She started entering beauty pageants and won Miss New Orleans in 1931. Soon after, they moved to Chicago, and she tried out for various roles in a stock theater company, and she participated in some talent shows. During one of these talent shows, she was discovered by band leader Herbie Kay and hired to be the band's singer in 1935. Around this time, she also began singing on the radio. In 1936, she moved to Hollywood and was soon signed by Paramount Pictures. In the second movie she appeared in, she starred opposite Ray Moland as Ula in the movie The Jungle Princess. She looked so good in a sarong that she was in about six more movies during her career that, in which she was playing a character that wore sarongs, and she became known as the Sarong Queen. Now, if you don't know what a sarong is, you can Google it, or you can go to our website and see a picture of Dorothy L'Amour in a sarong. In 
She was in a number of successful films between 1936 and 1940, but it was her 1940 role in The Road to Singapore with Bob Hope and Bing Crosby that cemented her in America's consciousness as the beauty that Hope and Crosby fought over in all of the road pictures. Altogether, there were seven road pictures. The Road to Singapore in 1940, The Road to Zanzibar in 1941, The Road to Morocco in 1942, The Road to Utopia in 1945, The Road to Rio in 1947, The Road to Bali in 1952, and that is the movie that they were talking about during this episode, because this episode of the Bob Hope Show aired in 1952, and that's the movie that they were making at that time. And then the final road picture was The Road to Hong Kong in 1962. Now, interestingly enough, Lamore was in The Road to Hong Kong, but only in an extended cameo. The love interest in The Road to Hong Kong was played by Joan Collins. Evidently, Bing Crosby wanted a younger actress, but Bob Hope insisted that he would not do the film without Dorothy L'Amour in it, and so she was in that extended cameo role. She was active all of her life in movies, radio, television, and the stage right up until 1995. Dorothy L'Amour died in 1996. She was 81. I received an email from Peter, one of our listeners. He writes, As always, loved your tribute to William Holden. My millennial and Gen Z adult children know him best from Network. He and Dunaway and Finch and Chevsky. So prescient, it's scary. Younger people continue to be fascinated by it. All the best, Peter. Well, thanks for writing, Peter. My goodness, yes. How could I forget Network? That is certainly a major film in Holden's career. I guess I forgot it because it had been so long since I have seen it while I've watched the others more recently. Bill Holden was certainly an incredible actor and one of my all-time favorite stars. I really appreciate having you as a listener to my podcast, Peter. Thanks for writing and thanks to all who listen. Uh, just in case you're wondering, if you didn't hear the last episode that we had of the Bob Hope Show, William Holden was the guest, and that's what Peter was talking about. Please send your questions and comments to host at classiccomedyotr.com. Come back next Wednesday for another episode of the Bob Hope Show, and check in on Friday for the next installment of The Life of Riley. Until we meet again, in the words of Terry Pratchett, Imagination, not intelligence made us human.